Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here at Katanads, we're big fans of Isotope Software and their impressive range of plugins. And you, dear listener, get 10% off all Isotope plugins at Isotope.com with discount code NERDS10. Every Guitar Nerds podcast for well over five of its ten years has been edited, polished, and repaired using Isotope's wonderful range of tools. From their neck to sweet to EQ, compress, and lightly add reverb to give the impression that Matt and I are in the same room, to the RX repair suite to deal with pops, clicks, and background noise. In fact, every sound sample that you hear on our podcast is mastered using Isotope's Ozone Mastering Suite. And I can even compare audio, EQ, and levels to to other similar released material using Isotope's Tonal Recall. It's all very good, and believe it or not, there are a bunch of free plugins that you can try. A vinyl simulator for added character, the Ozone Imager for help visualizing your stereo mix, and a vocal doubler for added richness and depth to your vocals. Pretty neat. Check it all out at isotope.com. Matt, um... I was uh, I was doing some research um, earlier today, actually, um, and I discovered. Did you know that the Mortal Kombat theme music is based off of a Scandinavian folk song? Really? Yeah, it's a Finnish hymn. Joe, I'm sorry, but you are not going to have a career in stand-up. Yeah, it started off so strong with the kind of, uh, you know, classic dad joke, and you've sort of just gone down a very bizarre route. What are you talking about? That was a great one. Hello. Oh, sorry. No, go on. I was going to we need more pedal-themed jokes for next time. Okay, there we go. Dear listeners, send us in pedal-themed dad jokes for me to retell each week that would be great that's that's the new request hello and welcome dear listener welcome to the guitar nerds podcast i'm your host joe branton joined this week by matt knight hello mr joe hello mr matt hello dear listener obviously straight off the bat you can tell that my voice is absolutely shagged but um i I did I, i popped a little post this morning up on the uh on the guitar nerds group and you're all very helpful just saying 
you know, my voice is gone. I need sort of quick fixes. Anyone got suggestions? And I had everything from like port to brandy to vocal zone to <laughs> honey and lemon. So you took them all at once. <laughs> yeah, not quite. I actually ran around three pharmacies just trying to find vocal zone. I, you know, I thought that was just a, a an essential, like basic thing that you'd find, but no, apparently not. But I have found it. So I've got. <clears throat> I've got strepsils. I've got some honey and, well, not honey. I've got, uh, I've had to get the, you know, the vegan alternative there, agave or whatever alternative. Uh, And lemon uh, sweets. I've got those. We've got strepsils. We've got whiskey and we've got lemon and ginger tea. So I think I'm going to be good. I think we're going to make it through. Bloody lovely. Bloody lovely. Indeed. Indeed. But it's lovely to have you back, Matt, because of course you weren't here. Two weeks. Yes, yes, I uh, I was all ready for uh, last week, Joe, and then you sort of booted. Oh, I, oh, I did. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. I actually told you not to do last week because I wanted to do it with JD. It was just we had so much to talk about because it was such a good guitar show. Dear listener, if you haven't listened to uh, last week's episode on the Guitar Show UK 2023, do go back and listen. Um, not actually, you know, not our most popular podcast. We We dropped uh three places in uh the great in uh, the hobbies in the uk in the charts this right. week and six places in the states so maybe it was that? having an american on <laughs> <laughs> so some, somehow stunted our uh great sorry it was uh, you it was you JD. you not being here um, yeah so yeah we'll take yeah they clearly need the sensible <laughs> the sensible voice um exactly. but yeah i was gutted about about the show it sounded like um it sounds like a good one new venue new space um i'm actually uh i'm off to a lavic guitar festival uh next week where's that in lavic in norway <laughs> oh right yes. um which hasn't happened since 20 2019 i think oh. um, have you been before yeah, so we went. We went before in 2019. When does lock? When did lockdown happen? 2020, right? 2020. Yeah, so we went in 2019. Um, and it's really interesting. It's more of like a guitar festival in the sense that it's loads of players doing loads of workshops and masterclasses, but there is some musical brand elements to it. Um, so we're going there to support uh, a dealer in Norway but also going to um, meet some guitar players. So the main people there, we're going with Alex Hutchins, um, but we're also Larry Basilo's there. Um, so she'll be there playing her amazing purple Ibanez. I'm going to try and con- cool. gonna convince uh, her to get Ibanez to give me one. Um, <laughs> Frank Gambali, Robin Ford, uh, Pete Honore will be there. So I'll hang out with Danish Pete for a bit. Um, and then they generally have some really good, like local sort of famous Norwegian guitar players and stuff like that as well. So, so it's going to be interesting to go. It's, it's bizarre how they managed to get so many big guitar players to essentially a tiny town in the South of Norway. Right. (laughs) It's like not even near Oslo. It's like three or four hours drive from Oslo, I think. Um, and the airport is a runway. And they built and a small building. Uh, and last time I flew, <laughs> and I'm flying with Ryanair, and they only fly there three days a week. 
one flight a day <laughs> so it's like you can either go and then the next day you can come back um uh, is it yeah. are the times good sometimes when you get those places it's like ooh, all the flights are at like 3 a.m or something no no actually i think because the airport's only open like nine to five <laughs> does I it double up as the right. local post office as well yeah it doubles well. up as the local post office <laughs> um so um yeah so I'll, I'll be at that but there's so many so many guitar shows happening this year so many events and things um we need to talk about guitar summit joe at some point we need to organize a trip to summit yeah i want to make sure i can go with you um this year i've had a few emails about it um so i'm looking forward to going to that um it was a great show my only problem with guitar summit was that it was a silent show and i hate that with every fiber of my being i know that normal shows are loud i get that that that's a problem but uh, uh also like sometimes yeah there are situations where headphones are a better option but not always and it just ruins the whole vibe it makes them very sterile i found it a very sterile show full of amazing guitars but i would say you know boo to the organizers they didn't understand they, they've clearly missed the point of rock and roll how um i should probably go and listen to the podcast i'm gonna ask you now how was no, it that's fine in the the quiet noisy time um at birmingham it was well balanced the uh the birmingham guitar show was well balanced i think it was every i don't know if it i think it was uh, i think it was half an hour on half hour off something like that i think that was right. the deal which was great it was perfect so there was plenty of time to talk and have a conversation in the quiet part and also plenty of time to really you know get to sit down and try something out properly in mm. the loud time which was which was nice. great. I, I really loved it. I really loved the show. And I, I said this to you before we recorded, and me and JD spoke to you about it, dear listener, last week quite a lot. But we just thought it was reinvigorated, just so much energy. So It was like what guitar shows used to be. And since the pandemic and, you know, Nam going the way it has, they felt like very muted, half-done things. And this one was anything but. It was just exciting and fun. It helps when you had something like the Marshall reissue pedals, which had just happened you know they mm. they'd just landed and we were all getting to see them and play them you know it sort of removed mm. the need for youtubers <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, yeah but it was great that 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 massive launch had happened so close to a guitar show um so yeah completely brilliant Amazing. I mean, the, you know, me and JD didn't speak about all the all the things we did. I, I know I'm I'm sort of segueing slightly, Max. We've got loads of things to talk um, about about your stuff. But uh, as we're on the guitar show, one of the things I didn't get around to talking about last week, which we will come to talk about in more detail over the next few weeks, is Baum guitars because we um, we got to pick up a Baum and and take it back for guitar nerds for us to. Uh, have a mess around wonderful fantastic danish brand baum they really i really felt like they were they were being baum guitars were there as kind of demo guitars i mean there was a display but they were mostly demo guitars for all the pedal brands distributed by adg right um by bruce's company and uh and and so there was a bound for you to play on every brand's pedal board because that's how they do their stand. It's brilliant. They've got all the different, like a big, massive pedal board with all the pedals by a single brand on one board, set mm. of headphones, and a bound guitar. 
and it was nice. great, just really good. And I think everyone was really impressed with Baum because what what Baum guitars essentially do they're that vintage come modern, you know, that sort of faux fifties. JD called it atomic era, which I thought was a, a great way to describe them. I, I've, I've not heard that before. I'm aware yeah, that it's a popular, you know, popular term, but I had not heard it before. Um, and uh, yeah, they they are. They're really gorgeous and kind of well priced as well. You're looking at somewhere between fifteen and eighteen hundred quid um, per, you know, for a model. We got their we got ah. their Conquer fifty nine in a lovely burgundy mist metallic, which I was very excited. about. I remember about. we talked about this before, and I'm sure we yeah, we'll talk about it in the weeks to come. But they make that crazy pink bass with the lightning they bolt, do. right? That's right. And one jazz, <laughs> one jazz bass pickup in the middle. That is just, that's just so good. But I they mean, do a, a great range of basses, like normal basses as well. Because I think actually, because he's the one that plays with um, the Gorillas, right? Or Gorillas, is that right? Yeah. So oh, something wrong. like that. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I saw know. a video of, I think it was him, but whoever it was, but the bass player for Gorillas at the... Um, EMAs because they've obviously released a new album that's gone to number one, whatever. And he's playing some right. sort of like crazy flying V bass, um, like Karina flying V V bass, which looks dead cool. But that is uh, that's awesome. So I look forward to yeah. to talking a little bit more about um, about those in the coming yeah. weeks and hearing about the guitar you've got. I mean, well, yeah, they, I mean, you know, the fact that <laughs> this year I've been looking for that all rounder. This Conquer Fifty Nine is semi hollow. A pair of like gold foil P nineties. It's got two volume controls, which, as well as having a three way toggle, which I really like, because you can shut down the neck pickup and then use the um, the three way selector as kind of an unlatched kill switch or a latched kill switch. Essentially, mm. it's got Bigsby on there. Gorgeous rosewood neck. Kind of a I don't know if it's an almost baked. Uh, sort of, you know, um, and gloss back of the neck, matching headstock. This is, you know, firing on all cylinders. You'll hear it later, dear listener, when we do show and tell, but albeit we're show and telling a fuzz pedal. So, <laughs> you know, it, it could be nice. any guitar, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, not necessarily, but uh, you've played the demo to me already, Joe. It does sound very good. So hmm. stick around for that, dear listener. Indeed, indeed. But Matt, you have had um quite a hectic couple of weeks off you you added the most amount of things to our little podcast list that i've ever seen i know i know lots of things i've just been saving up joe saving (laughs) up i've had no one to talk to and saving it up um we should start with we should start with the biggest tiny package um that i uh, got in the last couple of weeks which we finally got the silk tone micronaut and um my reminds the listener of what that is if they've forgotten so the silk tone micronaut is a four watt mini amp head uh made by silk tone in california uh single gain control which is basically volume a tone control and then a two-way voicing selector um and in the shortest review ever I would just say, buy one. <laughs> I have been, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's like, oh, I just never get on with mini amps. They always sound really boxy and I'm not so sure. And they don't tend to be versatile and they tend to be a bit more like a one trick pony, I guess. And, you know, I remember the last kind of 
small lunchbox amp I tried was the RD. I think it's the RD RD one, which is the Rob Chapman mini amp head from uh, Victory, which yeah. has just got loads of gain. I feel that yeah, you can kind of it's great. That's a great amp, but I feel you can mask a lot with loads of gain because um, sure. you just or you've got something like I guess the mat amp micro mat which you can find the mini mat i think it's called which is like another four watt thing but i tried one and it's okay but just doesn't have much character to it right um there's of course that old epiphone one watt thing oh yeah i mean there's there's just loads loads of brands that have done a five watt amp and they tend to be either cheap and very boxy sounding or kind of you know I, i don't know they just don't have a lot of character to them they feel like right a bit of a cop-out, I guess, in some way, especially some of the, you know, things like the Epiphone one. It's like you could mod them and make them cool. But this is a boutique, well-designed, custom, hand-wound, four-watt amplifier that is by far one of the coolest and best things that I've ever plugged my guitar into. Right. And I don't just say it because, you know, we've got it and we need to say something nice about it. I generally, it is now the second amp in pairing with my morgan pr12 it's got just that amount of breakup and grit but stays clean enough to be a great pedal platform and it's just you know the i i don't really run a stereo amp so like the stereo setup with like two amps are the same and things ping pong across two outputs i like blending two different voices to get one sound and this thing is just the perfect accompaniment to like anything um it is really really good so you've got what two, are they 9.99 in usd 9.99 dollars um i don't know if there's any available in the uk yet i think anderson's are a silk tone dealer uh, if you're listening to this um do go and find a dealer and go and ask them about it because it really is a wonder and there's a lot of other things that i really really love about it and i've been i've i've been using a lot and i and i think this might uh tickle your pickle joe because i think what's (laughs) super interesting about this is yeah i've been running it and just going straight guitar straight into it and through a few pedals it takes pedals really well which is obviously a really good plus the first voicing is um really clean quite sparkly it's got a nice amount of kind of like brightness to it without being too brittle um but four watts is more than loud enough for home use, and I think even small gigs, it's just that the power transformer, the, t- the custom power transformer, really excels the amp. But I found that running the second voice, which is a bit grittier on a slightly lower volume, gives a bit of character to running two amps at once because you've got a bit more grit and a bit more oomph. Right. Um, and I'm running that into... At the moment, I'm running that into a more high-powered Celestian redback speaker so that allows again for a little bit more headroom and a little bit more um option when you're kind of running it maybe for pedals but i was running it cranked into a celestian cream back in an oversized one by 12 and it just had this like awesome huge vintage sound i mean the first thing i plugged into it was a baritone and i thought oh you know once you get past one or two on the volume control it's just going to be fuzzed out. And that's cool. I like, you know, a cool fuzzy amp, but actually it's got way more headroom than you expect. And, and it was some lovely edge of breakup tones as well, I thought. Abs- abso- absolutely. It's, you know, you can you know, put a boost in it and it just oh, it just gets really warm and it just doesn't sound brittle or 
just broken. You know, when you get low-powered things and you really drive them and they just sound a bit broken, like they're collapsing in on themselves. So as an amp, it I, I just think it's just a great thing to have like in the studio. And I'm sure, yeah, you can play small gigs with it because the big difference with this, and I've not seen us on any other amp, is the Power Transformer has a custom tap on it. I guess you would they they call it that means that out of the line out which has its own level control you can then run that line out into a DAW or an interface so this can be your basically a really nice valve DI box that's for guitar or bass that which is, is wicked that's what i want that is amazing. so that is wicked so you know i was doing like that into the space echo and then into the interface oh. and then and then obviously you could then put an amp modeler on it because they're taking the tap out of the line out you're basically just using the valve preamp and power amp you, you know you can then run into an amp modeler or just into cab modeling so that was wicked um but the other thing that you can do is you can take that line out feed. Um, there's So there's a couple of cool things you do. The first one is taking the line out feed. So guitar goes into the amp, line out into your pedal board, and then taking your pedal board and putting that into another amp, but then also plugging the output, speaker output, into a cab as well. So you kind of actually run like that almost as a... It's almost like a fake wet dry setup, kind of. So you can run yeah. two amps, but you can feed them both off the same input effectively. Um, or you can just go out of that into the input of another amp, and then you can use it like a pedal, effectively, like a dear, just an amazing valve boost at the front of your pedal chain. Um or if you want more volume, I ran it into the effects loop return of another amp. Right. So that's all your preamp volume. The amp's all your preamp, and then you can then use the effects loop return for all your volume. So it's just a really cool Swiss, Swiss Army knife of like different yeah. things you can do with an amp. Versatility isn't the sort of thing you expect from this type of product. No. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And I think, you know, it isn't cheap. Don't don't you know, don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, it's like everyone's going to buy one. They're like $2.99, well, what must buy or whatever. Oh, I don't but, know. Just 
you know, how much is a Focusrite ISA one? Because if you want to talk about, you know, like DIs, well, an ISA one is seven nine nine. Yeah, well, I remember when we were talking oh, no. a year and a half like ago, and I, ne- quid. <laughs> I, I nearly bought one of those radial HDI interfaces, which is like a dual channel, mega, you know, valve driven interface whatever and i bought that you know that 500 series camden preamp which is wicked and that's great for microphones but this is just great for anything that you want to give a bit of valve warmth to so just taking the the line out tap from that straight into the front of an interface is just it's wicked um and then of course what you can do and i want to experiment with this a little bit is take the line out run that into the interface and then run the speaker out into a cab and then just mic up the cab because um, it's effectively a reactive load out of the line out. So you don't right. have to be plugged into a cab. Um, yeah, the line out works together with an isolated reactive load. So whether a speaker is plugged in or not, you still get the full power drive signal and response of the amp with all the EQ peaks and dips, no matter what you plug into. So another amp, pedal chain, a mixer, a DAW. Um, it's just... It's so wicked. good. For it's something wicked. that looks so retro as well, because it's a proper square, thick wooden box with like a big, you know, retro styled radio knob on it, dear listener. Yeah. So, so it looks like the sort of thing that's you know made in a shed and is just going to be fuzzy. Yeah, and it's, it's um, very versatile. It's just, I just really think if you were kind of looking for something that's a bit quirky, a bit different, you can use it at home. It's not going to break the bank in terms of some super boutique amps. Um, but the the winning combination, and I, and I sort of hope that more people put it on amps, but I also don't because I don't want Charles and the guys at Silktone to have other amps with the same feature. But the line-out <laughs> tap from the power amp is just a stroke of genius. You yeah, know, it's, running it's that, actually really useful. That's something everyone needs. You know, running your guitar into that and then taking the line out into your pedal board and then running into your normal amp. It's just like having the best valve boost at the yeah. front of your pedal board. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's great. It's absolutely um it's absolutely wicked. Well, this week I uh, I sent you a little backing track for you to write something to mm. um with it. So over the next couple of weeks you know, I know. I would say next week. It's just I'm aware that you're away for business, basically now I, until yeah, we podcast. I, can't, so. I <laughs> can't believe I'm out from after tonight. I'm out every night this week until next Monday. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but that's so fine. maybe in that's a couple we'll of do. weeks we'll do some sound samples. We'll see. We'll play it by ear. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be. Um, I'm just looking forward to using it more, running synth through it. You know, reamping through it. Mm. whole bunch of stuff i think it's going to be it's going to be wicked yeah absolutely well before we carry on with the rest of your things just to just to uh, jazz it up a little bit um uh, and as we're talking about demos why don't we take a listen to this week's um show and tell um and talk about that for a minute and then we'll come back to to your stuff after that also, before I do that, dear listener, um, I would uh, just like to remind everyone. Um, that's right, it's the Question Duck. And after we finish recording this episode, we're heading over to Patreon, where each week Matt and I 
answer a question from the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. And this week, I think uh, we're going to maybe do a couple, maybe one. We're going to see how it goes. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I think it's Moti Reba. Uh, anyway, he's 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 relatively new, and he asked uh, this question. He said, greetings, friends. I'm a relative newbie listening to the podcast since late last year, rather than a stere- stereotypical late middle-aged learner, and I have a newbie question. I bought a D'Angelico semi-hollow body right when the pandemic started. Now, I've been playing it, uh, but I'm not super thrilled with it, and I want to buy something else. I've had a big birth. I've got a big birthday coming up, and I feel like this is my chance to buy a nice guitar. On the other hand, I don't want to just throw money at it. The first instinct would be to buy a Strat, either a Player or American or whatever. Is this uh, a situation where double the price is really double the guitar? And actually, I might be a telly guy. I saw a beautiful new American one at the local shop for thirteen hundred dollars. Or maybe I go cheap and buy a Sire or a G and L. I don't play out, so it's not like I need a two K two K plus guitar. I could buy a couple of instruments and amps for the price of one guitar if I went that route. On the other hand it's the best chance to buy a good guitar. And also PRS, which seems to have high quality at lower prices, um, where where, um, where it doesn't seem to be much of a quality difference between the 800 and the $1,600 model. Anyway, here's a bit of purchase paralysis. I've been visiting different stores, playing some of the different models, um, but nothing is singing to me yet, with the possible exception of a telly. Any sage advice, people? ask well that was a long question for my it was a long question um i think you know well firstly greetings and uh thanks for finding us and listening to us the good news for 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 uh for them is uh we've been (laughs) doing this for 10 years so (laughs) you know my simple answer would be go back 10 years and just listen to every podcast (laughs) (laughs) um i'm sure you'll find the answer in there i i think it's an interesting one, really, isn't it? It's like yeah. it is purchase paralysis. I, I think now more than ever. I don't know. Maybe this is a rogue statement, Joe. But Matt, you know, I, this is the question for the Patreon, right? Oh no, <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. that's all right. <laughs> I thought um, you were trying to answer it. Yeah, we will do this saying, in the Patreon. We, we've got to do the topic of the week, which is Dave Lee's topic, but we'll get to that later. I oh, was just Joe, this is this is where I'm not being on the pot. This is <laughs> yeah, this is what happens. You know. I see. I see. This is why no, people listen. I was just introducing it to let everyone know that that's what we're going to be talking about on the Patreon episode. Obviously, normally the questions are like a couple of lines, so <laughs> this one is a bit longer. But yes, we'll get onto this in the Patreon. Uh, meanwhile, um, let's listen to our the thing that we're demoing this week. Now, this week. I've been spending a lot of time with the Hiwok Custom Shop Filter Fuzz. It's it's the size of, you know, it's probably the size of that amplifier that, that Matt's bought. It's the biggest, biggest <laughs> effects pedal I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's great. Four controls. You've just got volume fuzz. Then you have a three-toggled different bias selector, which essentially gives you three voicings on the fuzz. And then it's like a bass cut. I guess. So you add more bass in as you rotate it round. So you get like a big fat drive, a uh, big fat drivey fuzz, which makes it more sort of gated, modern, more um, fuzz factory esque at full rotation. And back the other way, you're getting more like, uh, like Maestro FZ1 sort of thing. 
Um, so it, it does a, it does a lot of things. So what I've done is I recorded this little riff, and I've done four different sounds that I could make with it. One, I thought it does some great like transparent with transparent ish overdrive like low gain drives. I really liked it for that. That was with the filter off and just using the fuzz controls. Great for like low gain drive. The second one, I kind of made a more, I guess, slightly proco ratty distortion style sound. And then the last two are very much a gated fuzz and then a super, very much a gated splattery fuzz. But I loved it. For, I thought every single sound I created with, uh, with it, it excelled at and did a great job. But um, here it is and uh, we'll talk about it after. So there you have it. That was the the Hiwot Custom Shop filter fuzz. Does a lot of fuzz things for something that is so simple. Um, I thought it sounded great. I mean, you know, not to to blow smoke here, Joe, but those demo. I think hearing demos like that in a mix, I I, th- I think some I get sold more on demos like that because even though I'm not necessarily doing the same thing, I understand the effect a little bit more. Yeah. I don't mind watching some of the longer reviews and, you know, I always love watching uh, Mick and Dan on that pedal show because I like the way that they demo, but so many demos are so similar. Pete Thorne always does like in a mix and you hear it and you hear lots of different sounds and it just gives you a better idea of what the pedal can, what the pedal can do. Yeah. Um, And I guess in some ways a bit of a, a bit of a sleeper because you know high watt we don't really see a lot from high watt you don't see uh, them a lot I know back, they're, sort of, they're, they're coming back but um yeah it's very cool i get my only criticism unless i'm unless the picture on their website is wrong is the fact that none of the controls are listed they don't have any writing on them. No, they don't. Four controls. I'm like, I, I get, but I, I get they're trying yeah. to be cool, but that is bizarre. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to forget after you know what they are. You're not going to forget. Like it's it's no, volume but... gain bias base cut. Like it's there's not a lot to remember. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I sort of I started messing around with it, and I was like, especially the base cut. I was like. No, I have no idea what this is doing. Like it was, uh, <laughs> I was one hundred percent sure. Um, so I had to had to look it up. Like I knew I could hear that it was doing something, but I was like, this doesn't sound like a regular sort of tone control. 
but I can't work out because, of course, as you add bass in, it's impacting the amount of gain so much. Right. So it sounds like almost a second game. I was like, oh, maybe this is the game control and that top one's not. And I was like, no, the top one is. So I definitely, yeah, <laughs> had no idea without the names of the controls, but it's still ah, cool. So, yeah, so it's quite interactive in terms of what you put in terms of a filter or in terms of bass actually alters the the sound of the fuzz as well so it's quite an interactive really yeah depending on where you are on especially i would say that control that 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 bass cut where you are elsewhere on the pedal um it impacts the other controls huge, hugely i found um to to record it best actually max the volume out on the pedal and then just um put uh like loads of minus decibels in on my interface right um, okay to run it straight in because it just all the other controls seem to just love having like the full volume of the pedal running into it, it was, yeah interesting interesting but yes it was very good i really like it i'm gonna make some more things with it. i mean we have about a billion pedals at the moment for me to get through and a huge backlog but um I think I think it's great to listen to. If you don't care about pedalboard real estate, this is the fuzz for you. It's cool. It sounds great. And, uh, you know. Ah, nice. I also, just as I was uh, Googling um, high watt um, filter fuzz, I've also been served a reverb listing for a high watt high five, uh, oh, which yeah. is their five watt... Uh, <clears throat> Their five watt amp, pure pure valve amp as well, which is bass, uh-huh. treble volume gain, and then you've got two channels on that, and then bizarrely an auxiliary input on the front. Well, Matthew, um, you didn't know this, but we have one turning up very soon, a custom hey. red one. Oh. Sending us a red one of those, I think. So. Oh, nice! Yeah. I look forward to seeing it. I mean, you know, they could have gone. We know you like pink, so we'll make a pink one. But <laughs> you know, Vegas can't be choosers, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think. Um, look forward to seeing more from them. I love. I miss. It is one of the amps I truly miss. Is my high watt custom twenty. Right. That thing is just super good, super super good, and I, I do miss that amp. Uh, dreadfully i wish i'd never sold it i saw one in a second hand shop in ipswich um and uh but it's one of those second hand shops where the guy had probably spent too much time looking at sold prices on uh no sorry not sold prices for sale prices on uh yeah. ebay and realized that no one's actually buying them for that money yeah. let's put it yeah. up for about 500 quid more than how, how much was it how much was it i think it was 15.95 and i think they're only about 17 or 1800 quid new uh, which is crazy because i think i paid 900 quid for mine but really well, oh well you can't uh you can't dwell on the past no those wonderful prices of old yes indeed indeed <laughs> but yeah no i'm excited to um excited to see more from them and yeah that filter fuss sounds uh sounds wicked i think you know it does sound distinctly different i mean it's got obviously got elements of a real 60s fuzz vibe but um that sounds pretty cool yeah yeah i thought it was great and yeah again it's it's absolutely huge but if you want something with a bit of character dear listener it sounds excellent fuzz is obviously a well-trodden path you've got a you know quadruple billion options out there by every single brand and some of them are absolute there are some absolutely amazing fuzz pedals it's Hmm. such a you, you can never have too many and for that well, reason, one of them should be one of these. I think, you know, uh, if, 
just as a side point, I'm sat between uh, two pedal boards at the moment. And you're talking about pedal board, pedal sizes. So yeah. I'm looking at my big pedal board, which has got a CXM 78, which is right. a pedal that's got flying faders. So it's massive. Um, I've got a dinosaur Cogmeister, which is three fuzzers in one box. Also <laughs> massive. A deluxe memory man, huge. A snarling dogs wah pedal, which has a, pedal the size of a human foot um <laughs> so i know all too well of um big pedals and you know what sound better <laughs> i've also <laughs> and to the uh, to the right of me i've got a pedal board with four moog pedals on it so you know ridiculous ridiculous uh, just great don't really care about the size of pedals anymore the bigger the better in my opinion <laughs> matt i was gonna buy one of those behringer octavers their mutron copy the other day because they're, oh, like, yeah. they're like 60 quid. Did you now, actually find one for sale? <laughs> yeah, they, they've got them. I think Andertons are doing them for like oh, 60 really? quid. And and I know that it's just digital. I know that it's nothing like the real thing inside. I know it's Behringer and Behringer I are I don't bad. think it is digital. I think they're, analog. it? I think they're analog. Really? I'm, um, the dual phase, right? I mean, they're not even subtle anymore. No, no, no. Like, is, that, is that what it is? Uh, the big one that looks like the Mutron one with the blue front. Uh, it's the Behringer Octave Divider. Oh, that one. Oh, no, because yeah. they also do the Mutron Phaser. Um, no, I reckon that'll be, um, it'll be analog. Yeah. I reckon it'll be analog. Yeah. I mean, this is the crazy thing about Behringer and don't really want to get into the argument on the podcast. I think no. <laughs> we stay fairly neutral, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I saw their their post about um they're making a moog ring modulator that looks mm. um, yeah. unbelievably exactly <laughs> like the moog one um yeah. but and you'll like this joe and i was like i bet joe will buy one of these for polymath they've just announced the toro which is their clone of the moog taurus um so you can plug any standard midi or midi foot controller into that but it's got a whole bunch of other features in it. And I was like, Joe should definitely buy one of those for Polymath. I 100% will. So um, it's not released yet, but it's been sort of... No, I th- I think I can't really comment on it, I no, guess, but because no, no. no one really knows. But they announce these things and then they never seem to be like... And they do a video on their YouTube channel and then it just never seems... They never seem to like materialise anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy what people are, what some of these companies are coming out with. But yeah, I thought that's a bit of, um, that's a bit of you, I think, Joe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A little bit John Paul Jones right there. Yeah, I'll exactly. Um, but yeah, actually, I, you know, they're, I mean, they've been doing it longer than we, we think, but I think it'll be all right. I mean, like you say, for 60 quid. Someone said to me the other day, they were like, with $100 on Amazon, you can have a whole lot of fun as a guitar player because there's just so many <laughs> ridiculous bits of kit that you can buy that are like cheap knockoffs for like no money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not exactly the, the most ethical practice in the world, but, no. you know, no, it'll probably sure. break. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not exactly <laughs> going to be like the most sturdy of things to... No, um, probably not. Probably not. To, this is... Do you know, the, the reason I stopped in the end, I was like, will this replace my boss OC2 on absolutely my board? Absolutely not. And it absolutely won't. So I was like, why am I buying this? Why am yeah. I buying this? 
I have Sen- a Boss OC2. There's nothing that's ever been made since that's better. It's so a very fine. sensible thought, Joe. A very sensible exactly. thought. Exactly. Anyway, let's uh, let's get back to talking about the other new things that you've got and things that you're looking at at the moment. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that turned up in the post, I'll reach over and get it. Um, so JHS announced three more pedals in their Legends of Fuzz series. Um, let me see if I can I can find which ones they were, so I don't forget. Um, so these are kind of because they had this Legend 66 series or whatever it was, which were the hand-built yeah. ones by Josh in his basement. Um, these ones are the kind of uh, block of cheese, cheese wedge um, ones. So they had the the Bender, the Crimson, and the Smiley. Yeah. And they've now got – oh, and the Supreme. And they've the now Supreme, got yeah. the Plug-In, the Berkeley, and the Mary Kay. Um I think it's cool. I like I like the idea. I like the fact that, you know, there was a video that he did recently with Rob Scallon where he's like, I've got, he said he's got like 4,000 guitar pedals and a whole lot of different fuzz pedals. And uh, I like the fact that it's like plug-in. It's like 1967 California, like basically where they, they started. Um, and they sort of appealed to me. But the thing that caught my eye was actually their other pedal, um and it's not really a pedal at all it's kind of i don't even know what they list it as under the website uh utility this is the volt chure um and it is effectively in some ways nothing new it's a power amp you plug a power in from your voodoo labs or whatever you then go power voodoo out. Labs. Well, we nineteen ninety nine. Who uses Voodoo Labs? Ah, oh, I've got you know strong place in my heart for Voodoo Labs. <laughs> Had a Voodoo Labs Mondo for so long on my pedal train board. Mm. Um, it was a four by four for me. Oh, four by four. The Mondo was the only one that had the most power outputs yeah, on it. Yeah. Um, but you take an output from a power brick or even a PSA, and then you use another power lead to go out of the Vulture into your guitar pedal. And effectively, it's a voltage sag. So it takes whatever's going into it at nine volts. It doesn't take any anything else. And sags it all the way down to nothing. And that's, in some ways, nothing new, and it's on pedals already. Bias control is effectively a voltage control. Um, But what makes this very cool, very unique, and great for a pedal board is that you can turn the sag on and off. And I think that is very, very cool. It's giving you two different sounds to, to you know, especially when it comes to fuzz pedals, two options straight on your pedal board right now. Exactly. So, and, you know, obviously no audio passes through it, but if you've got a fuzz pedal that you like or lots of different distortion pedals you like, you can just plug this in and experiment and see what works. Like it could be a great studio tool for just experimenting but also just a great tool to have on your pedal board. And like you say, you get two sounds out of one pedal. Yeah. Um, you know, really starve the voltage, get something a bit spitty and a bit splattery and then turn it off. And then you've got your full fuzz sound. Um, I think it's great. It's great. You're adding like, it's, it's like getting an extra built in function on your favorite fuzz. Mm, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, for what it for, I think they're eighty eight pounds in the UK. Right. Um, I just think it's a cool thing to have your pedal board. It's a great utility thing to sort of pull out the trick bag if you want to do something different. Um, 
And uh, yeah, only arrived yesterday. I haven't had ch- much chance to plug it in. So can I just try it with a bunch of fuzz pedals? Um, no use trying it with something like the Bliss Factory, like Fuzz Factory type thing, because it's already got that game control on it. So yeah. I'm thinking like DS1, SD1, um, you know, something like, what else have I got kicking around? Uh, I've got the secret, um, the secret machine from, uh, I can't even remember, Dan Drive, the Pelotor, loads of fuzz oh, yeah. pedals that you can, you can try it with. Um, basically anything analog that's a drive pedal. Um, don't try it with uh, a digital delay pedal because you'll probably just break your pedal rather than <laughs> make it sound any better. Um, yeah. Or it won't even turn on. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that. It's a very cool idea, something a little bit different. So um, it's going to be quite cool, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, it's uh, Yeah, I think it's a, a, a super cool utility thing for not a lot of money. So fuzz fans, really. I know it's going to work on everything else, but it's for fuzz fans. Yeah, I think it's for anyone that, yeah, has got a fuzz pedal and wants to mess around without actually modifying their pedal. Do you know what I mean? It's like a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, I've added this and a bias control. And, yeah, effectively what you're doing is starving the pedal of power. Um, You know, and a lot of people go, well, you could do it with the battery. And it's like, well, yeah, you've got to get the battery to that point and then the battery's going to run out anyway (laughs) so um you know i guess it's a case of uh you know yeah doing finding finding where it works and then putting it on a pedal board and creating an option and i've actually maybe we'll talk about it a bit more next week when i've tried it but i've also got coming a mythos argonaut which is a octave up but it's kind of like the bit like the bigfoot engineering octopus although that one's passive. So it's an octave up that you put before a fuzz pedal to give you that kind of ripping octave up sound. And I'm like, well, do you go for octave up sound or do you go for uh, starved, probably octave down sound? But you can imagine having both of those in one fuzz pedal. That's I really like, cool. That's, that's yeah. super cool. It, it got me yeah, thinking sort of about... Dying Octavia sort of thing. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really cool. This is an idea for anyone out there who makes pedals who wants to make it. It would be really cool to make a fuzz circuit like a fuzz face with three buttons. And one button is the octave, octave up. And then the other one is a voltage sag that you could turn on and off. Yeah. Very cool. Love That's the future. You're giving these ideas, ideas away for free, Matt. Oh, well, not free, because you're going to have to make me one. Um, <laughs> but uh, close enough to free, I guess. Close enough. I see. I see. All right. Well, talk to me about ring mods anyway. Yeah, well, um, this is just a kind of... I, I, Yeah, so we're talking about Moog pedals. And the one Moog pedal I wanted for ages was the low-pass filter. Um, cause it's wicked. It's just a great fit. It's the classic Mo ladder filter. And I've really wanted that sort of like funky, um, sort of auto wire, like snappy filter sound on my pedal board. Right. And I was playing around with it, but it's so, cause it's analog. It's super sensitive. Every guitar reacts differently because depending on the input signal, you have to kind of manipulate the controls in real time to, to balance it. But it just sounds so like super like sweet sounding 
And I was like, oh, maybe I can get the same sound from the H9. So I was sort of like playing around, just A-being it. And I was like, oh man, I finally dialed this, this mopedal in like absolutely perfectly. Then realized I was playing the H9. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, okay, well, it doesn't make the low pass filter redundant, but um, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to put the ring modulator back on. So I've got a Moog ring modulator. And the great thing about this compared to any other ring modulator, I thought the electroharmonics ring thing would do it. And I remember talking to Dan um, when we did the boss thing uh, at uh, Kato Studios for Guitar Nerds before I even worked for Roland, if you remember that. Right, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, it does a bunch of other stuff. But I bought one and I could never get it to sound the same. So I was like, I remember having the Moog one. I was like, it's definitely the best one. And compared to any other ring modulator, you can then set the frequency rate so low that it turns into a tremolo. But like that's, a really warm, you know, really big warm tremolo. That's very cool. And then I realized if you turn the frequency all the way up, so it's super high pitched and turn the LFO up, it sounds just like Haunt of Roulette Tez from uh, the Laos Nicomatorium because <laughs> that is the ring modulator that Omar Rodriguez used on the record. Um, and once you plug an expression pedal in, you can control that and manipulate that sound in real time. So you can go between a tremolo and a high pitched ring sound. Um, the annoying thing was I then had to try and put an expression pedal on my pedal board, which I was only using for that. And it was getting annoying. And I, went, I mean, that's a lot of real estate. It is a lot now. of real estate and set, but it does sound very good. And then I was like, you know what? And I always come back to it and I love it so much. And I've nearly sold it about three times. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm never using it. And then I come back to it and I always realize it's the best. And that's the snarling dogs, mold spore psycho schematic wah um which is effectively a three voiced wah so you've got voodoo uh <laughs> what's the other one called uh oh white room which is like a clapton e type type thing voodoo which is a hendrix type thing and then shaft which is just a, like a super super funky wah and the wah sound is great and it's quite tweakable you can change the volume but the ring modulator on it, it's a wire with a ring modulator. Who thought of the idea? No idea. But it, I mean, it's, it's, a, wire, it's a great idea. It's a it's a wire with a ring modulator in, which has got a wet dry control on it, and there's a button on the side that means that the foot pedal then controls the ring modulator sweep, and it just sounds wicked. And I was just like, you know what? And I, and I think it's probably because I listened to Jeff Beck so much over the last couple of months. And there's a track on, not on Truth. Is it Truth? Is Truth the one where he's playing the Strat or is it Wired the one that's playing? He's playing the Strat on the front. Uh, truth, truth. No, Truth's Les, uh, is still Les Pauls. Yeah. Uh, I'm Flow of, uh, is still Les Pauls. So yeah. I guess Truth uh, yeah. is Strat. And then um, there's a track where he's playing a solo on a yes. ring modulator. And I'm just like, it sounds so good. It just sounds so good. It's just such a cool effect. Right. Um, and there's just not many out there that do it really well. I mean, the Moog one is kind of unobtainium. They're stupid money now. Right. Um, this, I because, mean, this Snarling Dog's mold spore is £350 on I mean, eBay. well, 
Not what I paid for it. Um, <laughs> they never, ever come up for sale. They're no. super, super rare. Um, I actually bought mine from Ace from Skunk Hansi oh, really? back when I was at BIM. Um, yeah, did I buy that? No, I didn't buy I nearly bought one from him. I borrowed it off him. And then I found one on eBay going for the right price about 10 years ago. And... Uh, it's wicked. The whole range of pedals is really good. They actually do one called the Erroneous Moan. Right. And it's a reverse <laughs> tape echo simulator. So it's, oh. a, it's, a, it's a tape delay, but the foot control controls the reverse element of it. Right. Um, and then when you haven't got it turned on, it's a volume pedal, which is oh, quite great. cool. Oh, that's great. Um, and I've never ever seen one for sale ever um i just i don't think they were particularly successful i mean it weighs a ton i mean it's literally like a cluedo murder weapon it's like (laughs) no matt with the mold spore in the studio um but it's wicked and it just made me realize that i need to tell everyone on the podcast that if you haven't got a a ring mod later on your pedal board you should probably you go and buy one. one i mean i um, use i use ring mod for for bass all the time it's 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 a fair amount on the last polymath record um but i <laughs> i uh i use the the one on the boss ms3 yes it's really good <laughs> well the good thing about the one on the ms3 if i remember rightly is you can obviously all ring modulators you can tune in to the pitch of your note yeah but hasn't the ms3 or am i getting confused with gt1000 hasn't it got an intelligent ring modulator on it and it's so no matter what note you play the ring modulator is tuned to that note well i'll tell you what i've never changed it from its default settings because <laughs> because i tried it out once like just like i wonder if the, what this sounds like just turn it on or whatever the default out the box settings are and i was like yeah this is it this is the best sound and All i've that. never changed it since so i don't i'm afraid to touch any other controls in case i lose the magic and i've bought other ring mods and you know tried other things since and never been as happy so i just uh factory settings ring mod on the boss ms3 i I think um i guess if i'd recommend anyone to go and buy any ring modulator which i think i think is dead cool um i would go and buy the dod gonculator because it's a distortion pedal and a ring modulator that is um and i and many of my friends only want one because uh, Mike Einsinger from Incubus used one on a bunch of tracks from Make Yourself, and it sounds and uh, Science. It just sounds so good. It sounds right. so good. And with DoD coming back, who knows? Yeah. We might see some. Uh, yeah, we they were some... all their stuff was at the guitar show, and it's all great prices. I nearly was it. Yeah, I mean, I'd spent too much money on other effects pedals by this point, but I was going to buy a Meatbox and one of the just the preamp, um, but. I, I, you know, I could buy that anytime. They're a big brand. I wanted to buy all the weird stuff. Yeah, I tell you, the one, um, the one pedal I slept on, I guess, as it were, in terms of buying, um, and I definitely should have at the time because they are just stupid money now. Was the DoD, uh, the DoD Buzz Box? Right. Um, yeah, I've put Buzzsaw. It's not Buzzsaw, is it? It's Buzzbox. Um, so the DoD Buzzbox was 
made to emulate the sound of Buzz Osborne from the Melvins. <laughs> Wasn't signed off by him or agreed by him, I think, in any way. But it's a Proco Rat driving an MXR Blue Box. Great. That's great. Um, it sounds ridiculous. It's yeah. so distorted and so subby. Um, <laughs> it's almost unusable. Yeah. And I remember we had one in the window of GAC, which I bought in, and I think we had it up for 39 quid. <laughs> and there's one on uh, Reverb right now for £372. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, it's like one of those things I can just remember it now going, ah, I don't need that. And then just plug it in and go, no, I should have bought that. It's but, gone mad. Oh, well. I think mad. even at the time, like people weren't buying it and going, so, I mean, I know, I guess this kind of leads on to something we were going to talk about, Joan. I don't know how much time we've got. Not much. Well, we've, not we've still got to do topic. So uh, um, <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next. Maybe next week we should talk about the insane prices on boss pedals because yeah yeah my friend had a PWT power driver which was I think the worst selling pedal of of our entire history you could buy them for next to nothing they weren't like they weren't rare they were just uncommon I guess right and I think I saw one go for like two hundred quid the other day and I'm like my goodness no uh, but we should definitely talk about that I definitely want to Joe. talk about some boss stuff next week just because I've been getting really into it I've been doing a little bit of research on the, the history of fuzz and of course boss were relatively late to the game on that just because you know boss started making pedals in 77 and fuzz wasn't popular in the 80s so you know it's it's there's, but I've got really into what you know boss did with fuzz afterwards mm. in 90 so I, I want to talk about that next week and we want to talk about the fact that i put up that thing about what everyone's top three boss pedals were so that was really interesting i've collated all those answers into a little document oh, so nice. i thought it would be interesting to talk about that and sort of what you know what our guitar nerds audience think of as their their favorite boss pedals that would be great but we do still need to talk about the topic of the week it's been hanging over for a few weeks and apologies yes it was pointed out to me last week. I did say at the start of the podcast, but I guess, you know, if you missed it, you didn't see. But last week, we weren't going to do one because it was a guitar show special. We didn't do one the week before because Dave Lee hadn't had the time to get back to me, but he did the next week. So let's talk about um, let's talk about Dave Lee's topic of the week. First of all, though, I guess um, we really need to, um, we need to spin the wheel in order to find out who's going to have the next topic of the week so let me do that okay ladies and gentlemen the winner this week and to decide the topic of the week for next week's episode, I promise we'll start doing it a little bit earlier in the podcast, is Yogi, the guitarist. Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> I only What's saw him at the guitar show. I've yeah. got a million. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a question about stairs or something, isn't it? But yeah, so that's fine. So, <laughs> so I'll reach out to Yogi and we'll uh, get his topic of the week. Now, remember, dear listeners, some of you have, like Dave, asked very specific questions. But of course, you can make this a, a topic for us to discuss in detail across the whole podcast rather than just answering a question. It can be like, it can be a broad thing for us to talk around more, but it's 
it's entirely up to you. We'll also answer, you know, a specific question as this one came in from Dave Lee. He said, um, due to unreliable band members, etc., I've recently decided that jamming with an old friend and just doing some old school punk stuff, him on drums and vocals and me on guitar and bass, uh, as is less hassle. I've been playing with the idea of either using a Variax JTV and my Helix to add an to add an octave down uh, to the lowest one or two strings, and playing power chords uh, or playing bass or playing bass with an octave up. Either way, I have been running each to uh, a separate out, one to a guitar amp and the other side a bass amp. What kind of Helix settings or pedal board setup would you go for to make an approximation of covering both? Are there any amp modes or effects that you would suggest? to make it sound its fullest. Now, obviously, Matt, I'm going to be able to talk around the Helix a bit more than you as I've as I've got one and had, you know, several of the iterations. But I also kind of wanted to talk about other options that Dave has here because you don't necessarily need... I know he's thinking that he needs that Variax because you can assign strings um, and stuff. So he could... That's a really great way of getting around it. Certainly, I think... There's more advantage in playing guitar and adding the low end than there is in playing bass and adding the high mm. end. I know Royal Blood do that, but they only have one. They can only do one thing. It's limiting, so it's better the other way around. But you don't need that very X to achieve that. Let's not forget that pedal site. The the as long ago as the Boss OC three and the OC five both have a direct out alongside their their standard out on the on the octave pedal. So. Um, so you can run a direct out into the bass amp, for example, and run your clean out just into your guitar amp, and then it's just it it won't be affected on the on the guitar amplifier, but on your bass amplifier, you're gonna get you can get just that octave down, which is really good. And also, I realise then you're gonna be like, well, that's not gonna work when I'm playing chords. There's a range control. There's I think there's a range control on the OC3. There's definitely one on the OC5 where you can turn it you can turn it the whole way down so it only affects the lowest note on your chord so it essentially emulates exactly mm-hmm. what we're talking about with uh with helix so you know obviously if you're playing helix and you have a helix setup and you have the the variax already fine that might be the easiest route but you can do what you're asking with a with a simple very affordable i'm sure it's on the oc3 so you can do it with the oc3 um yeah, because I was thinking Helix doesn't sound very old school punk. Does <laughs> like, yeah, we're going for some old school punk. This one's called, and then plugging a guitar into a Variax into a Helix. Uh, but <laughs> I get the convenience side of it. I um, yeah, I I agree with you. I think the the way to go would be more Jack White than Royal Blood. Yeah. Um, I think that the the bass into the guitar amps has a certain sound but i love the aggressive nature of the kind of jack white white stripes kind of garagey type thing um and i was actually going to suggest the uh triple graph oh yeah uh which is octave up octave down kill switch and then you've got the auxiliary loop and then yeah pairing that with a kind of cool fuzz pedal um I think that might be quite cool because then you've got yeah independent latching or momentary controls of each octave, and I kind of like the idea of yeah taking a kind of you could take like a Les Paul Junior, you know, run into a cool fuzz pedal, and then you've got octave up, octave down, yeah, 
and uh yeah you could have the auxiliary could do something wacky you know you could have like a really glitchy delay in there or something like that which would be quite cool um i think that's a nice way to do it a little bit more analog yeah well speaking of analog yeah in fact my my favorite way to achieve this doesn't actually even require the second the second amplifier because it's so unbelievably punishing a pedal but the uh the kma machines moya maya i have no idea how to say that dear listener um <clears throat> it is an octave pedal uh with um it's got two octaves down a clean blend and an octave up the octave up is a fuzz octave up um, and the two octaves down one and two are clean you've also got a rotary to blend in your clean channel and you can control each of these things individually on the three foot switches also you can assign there's an effects loop that applies to your clean signal which means you can keep the two octaves down clean but add another pedal in to affect your clean signal which is great so you could have like a like a nice thick drive on your clean signal and then you've got fuzz on the octave up, but then your octave down one and down two still say stay clean so that they actually track properly because they're, you know, they're analog. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for ridiculous walls of sound, it's very, very good. Um, so, yeah. yeah that's, that um, or totally random and rogue suggestion. Um, you could go for something like the submarine pickup which is that oh, little yeah. pickup that goes just under the low strings and it's physically a pickup that just goes in the low strings that basically um allows you to isolate a set of strings and then drop them down an octave or you know run them through a separate set of pedals so yeah i've got a few ways to achieve that but um <clears throat> yeah i like i some really good suggestions there to doing something a bit different than the helix and the jtv anyway yeah exactly of course you know if you if you're absolutely these were just what i view as simpler more organic solutions especially if it's going to be punk you know less digital solutions but if you are going for the helix dave if that's you know if that's your baked in setup then it i i don't think it it needs to be too complicated um i think for for punk stuff um the uh the just the the classic svt preset on the on the line six is going to sound great it's going to do all your drive stuff really really all your bass stuff really well i really like um using the clon centaur uh you know model on the helix for bass but blending it in so just run a second line to the bass amp as well so you can uh, so you can keep your low end and your fundamentals there a, a, a little bit better. That's that's really nice for just a drivey bass sound. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely love the idea of. I, I love this idea of you know get a, a guitar amp with a line selector at some point sending out to a bass amp. There are so many ways to great make great sounds doing that. Um, mm. But yeah, even if you want to use the Helix. A Boss OC3, I don't know what they go for, pre-owned. Probably not a lot. Um, yeah, I can't. Well, you'd be surprised. I mean, to me, I think the OC5, the fact that you've got that lowest note tracker. Does the OC3 not have that? The OS, the OC3 has... I'm going to check. The OC3 has... Um, 
because uh, I'm gonna have to look at it now. No, so you've got a right. You've got the range control, but uh, OC5 specifically has um, the what the setting that says lowest, and it'll uh, always detect the lowest note. So the even lowest if you note. play high up the fretboard on the upper strings. If yeah. you're playing some chords, it will detect the lowest note rather than the lowest string. So on the uh, right, so on the OC3 it does have the range control and a minimum and max control for that, but I guess it wouldn't be as clear, clinical, accurate as the five. No, so the yeah, the range control effectively works a bit like I guess it it tracks like frequency. Right. So if you set the range control on OC3 to minimum, it will only track the e string the low e string and it will leave everything else but obviously if you then play anything not on the low e string you won't get any sub octave whereas on the oc5 if you set it to lowest the lowest frequency it detects it will push down an octave so now where you play on the fretboard you'll always have that lower octave i see i see i think that's probably a way of just about getting away with it with the oc3 nonetheless but um and yeah i mean i'm going to look it up now what does an OC3 go for? No one even likes them. AC3 pounds. I'm <laughs> right, I see. Right that's, I mean, I'm sure that's what they were new when they came yeah, out. Yeah, they've probably not changed. <laughs> Fine. All right, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm looking on one for 90 quid. They're almost vintage now, the OC3. God damn it. I know. It's mental, isn't it? It's I can't believe it. Mental. Oh, well. Okay. Um, but there we Fine. go. Well, there it is. Anyway, that is, um, that is, I hope we've helped Dave on your journey a little bit. I know we didn't answer that much of it in terms of, you know, application to Helix, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, I, I think you've got some good suggestions there and I wish you luck. It's an awful lot of fun to be the only guitarist in a band. Um, but yes, that is all the time we've got on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds. If you'd like to get in touch with us to ask a question or for any reason at all, um, if you've got a company you think we should be checking out, we are always up for suggestions. Then email us, info at guitarnerds.net, DM us on Instagram, ask us in the open forum on our Facebook group, Guitar Nerds Group. If you're a Patreon supporter, then contact us through Patreon. We're heading over to Patreon now to record this week's Patreon-exclusive episode. Join us there. Um, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the podcast. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Head over there for all the info on how to sign up. And uh, we'll be back next week with all this nerdery. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the guitar nerds. Farewell. Goodbye. podcast episode under our belt it's time to say thank you to all our wonderful incredible top tier patreon supporters without whom none of this would be possible thank you to scott guitars suresh dorsonic pickups chris franklin anton fryant barry gresbeck steve davis daniel walker joran brown john conaway the studio rats russell healing yogi the guitarist ty allen kyle harris sean hughes brian hansen andy hoffler eric emmer jeffrey wax brian einzler Mark Kizau Kadawaki, Stuart Watson, Eric File, Peter Peche, Andy Manley, Simon Milbourne, Joe Puttock, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomsky, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, 
Jason Wharton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordwick, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Gravit. 